Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. I'm Gareth Ellis, and joining me tonight for an in-depth review of the roller coaster hype train that was the 2021 season, Mr. Lee Gowland. Hi, guys. Mr. Nancy Kua. Hello. And Mr. Paul Hope. Good evening, everybody. So, how is everyone coping with the lack of NFL football? Yeah, kind of all right. I mean, I'm playing football on Sunday now, so I'm I'm doing all right, but. Evenings are dull for sure. What well, dollar anyway? Um, but the USFL is starting soon. Fear not, people. <laughs> Go on, Paul. Sorry, Gareth. I was going to say I haven't really switched off. To be honest, with with being off with my injury, I've been reading up on everything. I've done a couple of other shows and gone back and watched tape mm. because I've got Game Pass, haven't I? So why else would I not? Mm. use that time to go back and watch things, and so it hasn't felt like the off season for me just yet. To be honest, mate. Other shows? It's the first time. Yeah. yeah. What's going on here? Moonlight. Yeah, not, not just not just Mr. Gowland, though unfortunately none have been as fantastic as Coffee with Coach like Lee has managed to get, but um because of our growing popularity on Twitter, I've managed to jump on a couple of little YouTube shows, for want of a better word, so you want to check them out, just have a look on my Twitter account. Uh, and just, let's just say that the, the reason we've got a growing um, popularity on Twitter is all down to Paul. And the fantastic work he's done. Yeah, that's for sure. But um, manager, I don't know if you saw in the group. There's um, a gentleman, Neil, has started his own website, his own blog for the for our group, basically, and he's he's promoted the pod, and he's basically asking anyone for any content. So if you want to write an article or anything like that, so I've had a first go today. I'm going to submit that to him tomorrow. Um, And I thought it was a nice touch that he reached out to me first and said would I mind if he did this and can he promote the pod and when I've been on the other shows they've been listening to ours and they quite like our banter and they've been asking me about our show and it's been quite nice to think we do have people who listen and it isn't just mm. us four <laughs> fine gentlemen or as I said yesterday Nadji on your birthday tweet the awesome foursome of the yeah, 49 and fearful good. UK the awesome foursome for that's pretty good that's certainly that's good. better than the four fuckers <laughs> <laughs> Less accurate, but better for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as far as missing football is concerned, I've, I've, I think I've been that busy the last three weeks with work. I haven't particularly missed it, um, but I have, I have kept abreast of what's been happening. Um, I've got to say, I'm, I'm actually happy that the 49ers aren't coming over to the UK, um, yeah. mainly because it gives us a, an excuse to go across to, um, to San Francisco this season. Um, the big news as far as me and my family is concerned is the fact the Packers are coming to play. Uh, my youngest is a Packers fan, and I'd always said to him, as soon as the Packers come over, I'll get tickets and we'll go and see see that game. I'll take them to see that game. So I'm kind of hoping the Packers don't play the same weekend as what the Niners play in Vegas, because the Vegas game I definitely want to go to. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. How about yourself, Gareth? Yeah, I think it's it's flown past a bit. A um, little bit of that emptiness in that that dead time where we we really just don't seem to have had any actual real news, other than a few recycled clickbait 
uh, sort of posts. Um, but hopefully in the next week or so, uh, players might start getting released. Free agency begins to warm up. Um, and I'm sure that will be uh, the subject of a future show. Yeah. Did, did you sure. realistically expect anything to happen between the end of the Super Bowl and the start of free agency? No, I'm a, there was there was a chance that somebody could have made us an offer that couldn't refuse, and Jimmy would have been gone because that's basically what we're waiting for, really, isn't it? Or maybe you know Debo could have got it extended already, or or Bosa got an extension. Um, I don't I don't know. Some some of that could have happened, but no, I think. Until until the combine's over and free agency starts, that's you know that's what they're doing, isn't it? It's just like scouting, 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 scouting. So yeah, I mean, from from what John Lynch said today, it kind of suggests why Debo or Bosa haven't been extended yet. Yeah, the fact that they've got two completely separate plans: one for if Jimmy leaves, and one if we keep Jimmy for for his last season. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine that would affect the contracts of both Debo and Borsa. Mm. Um, not not so much in the end figure, but in the way that the first year of the new contract is um, paid out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So this is our first show since the actual proper end of the season. Uh, I've taken some anti-nausea tablets, so I should start <laughs> off by saying well done to the Los Angeles refs, Rams on their Super Bowl victory. <laughs> Uh, anyone want to say anything about the game? No, good. We'll move on then. I would just <laughs> like to say, Gareth, that the Super Bowl meetup was well attended. Yeah. We had other th- fans there. We did have a Rams fan, and he has messaged me since to say he was really touched by the congratulations by the majority of people on the night. There was a couple, understandably, bit of banter. Were not happy that the Rams had won, but the Reynolds twins give them a shout out. They were the first straight over. And anyone who's met Jane Jordan, that can be quite intimidating. And when they strolled <laughs> over the table, I thought, oh, God, I'm on crutches here. I can't do anything for me, mate. But hand out, congratulated him. And he just wanted to say thank you to everyone. He was made to feel welcome. And he said he'd definitely be coming back next year. So I just wanted to give that nod to Lee because I know all the hard work goes in behind the scenes. And I think we had 36, 37 people attend. Yeah, 37 people. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Yeah, it was a good weekend. I've got some really good footage to use as a promo for the next meetup. Um, and that footage is of me being wheelchaired out to an ambulance the day after the Super Bowl and uh, blue-lighted to hospital to spend 16 hours in the critical care ward with a suspected heart attack. That's how good our meetups are. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you feel better now. Um well, I was going to say, Naji, he had to go one better. He saw me in my wheelchair yeah, with me... Yeah. Uh, Robocop what? boot on and thought, you know what, mate? And to be fair to Lee, he did give me a chuckle when we heard the news. He said, I'm not blaming you for pushing you back to the car the next morning to give Tracy a break. I'm just saying it's a coincidence, mate. So <laughs> sorry about that, Lee. I will try and lose a little bit of timber before next time you see me, mate. Yeah, I tell you what, Tracy must be a fit woman. <laughs> <laughs> she deserves I mean, a medal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about the game, though, I think, I think, the one thing I remember from it is obviously that last play where, and then I just kind of see myself back in April when the Bengals took Jamal Chase instead of Penn as well, Sewell, and, and just thinking, I think if it's Sewell playing tackle here, maybe Joe Burrow has got an extra second to throw it to Higgins. So, you know, I don't know. It's kind of a very fitting ending considering how it started for them, but 
Um, I'm just annoyed at the Rams that they didn't really win any games and just instead not lost them. Like, you know, yeah. they played they played the Bucks who were terrible and kind of tried to come back. And then we played terrible against them, kind of lost it more than they won it. And then same against the Bengals. It was just kind of annoying, but whatever. It was strange to see, Nadji, the last two minutes. Normally, mm-hmm. Gareth said at the start of the show there that, we are the roller coaster experts, and my friend had been chuckling at us. So to see him go through the emotional roller coaster yeah. those last two minutes when there was nothing on the line for me, it was a bit of a strange game because it wasn't the worst game of football I've watched. It wasn't it's that boring. exciting. Yeah, yeah it's it was pretty boring. Especially as I was the sober one at Newcastle due to the mm. medication that I was on, and uh, <laughs> safe to say the majority enjoyed themselves, Nadji. And oh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Well refreshed. So, should we dig into the good, the bad and the ugly of the uh, 2021 season? From some pretty, pretty abysmal performances to being within touching distance of the Super Bowl, 2021 seemed to have it all. We're going to look first at the first uh, nine weeks of the season. A promising 2-0 start soon disappeared with a four-game losing streak to leave us at 3-5 heading into week 10. So, where should we start, Lee? Why did we start the season so poorly? So this is all down to Kyle Shanahan. Um, he, he tried to he tried to be too clever with the way he was using the two quarterbacks. I don't think he'd really given it enough thought about how he was going to use them, and it just completely showed. Uh, we had no rhythm, and the game wasn't fluid at all. When Trey came in, to me, it, it looked terrible that the, the player calling for Trey, he was just using them as a running back most of the time. Um, and that that did set off alarm bells for me. I thought, if this is how we're going to use Trey going forward, it's going to be a long, long season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was purely down to Shanahan. We, we had a few pieces who were just finding the way. Obviously, we, we had a huge loss at the start of the season when Verrett went out injured. Um, it, it kind of took us a little while to to recover from that as far as the cornerbacks are concerned and we kind of we kept that stig- stigma of having a, a, a pair of cornerbacks that were basically garbage all the way through but that wasn't entirely true that wasn't the, the, the true picture of what we did have um, but that kind of stuck after the first few games and I wouldn't care I mean the, the first two three games we won yeah. so yeah the first two games we won so, so we did start the season reasonably okay, but at the back of your mind, there's still that little nagging doubt, purely because of the way we won those first two games. Yeah. Because we we let the huge lead, um, go, melt. yeah, <laughs> melt away, and we made it difficult for ourselves in the first game of the season. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as, as far as why we started badly, all down to Shanahan. Well, I mean, the kind of agree obviously but I think there is I don't think it's quite his fault I think losing Raheem Mostert is really the catalyst of why we couldn't why Carl had to do what he had to do and figure out that that wasn't working I think losing him and uh, Elijah Mitchell not being ready Trey Sermon clearly not being ready either to to jump in I think that's what took our offense um uh, you know, basically six weeks back to to training camp and and kind of had to scramble to like um, figure out where we're moving the ball because 
ultimately we had you know the same old Jimmy on the center, which you couldn't rely on. Um, and he proved it. He played well the first game, but that was the Lions. And then he got you know <laughs> molested by the the Eagles D line. So I. Although I do agree with his fault and the way he was using Trey, I think he was just trying to figure out what to do because we just didn't have a running game and and you know we'll talk about it later. But if you know the second part of the season shows what we are when we can run the ball, um, and we just couldn't run the ball, so um, so I think to me that's that's what triggered it. And you know it's it's not easy to figure out a new game plan on the fly. You know week one or whatever it was when we lost Raheem. Uh, yeah, it was the first game, wasn't it? Mm. So um, I, I'm I'm going to put it down to that um, more than anything. Obviously, and then obviously on defense was kind of the same. Losing losing Verrett and then Iman no longer after that was kind of uh, uh, Andre Greenlaw and Kinlaw was injured. Um, you know, clearly quite a lot more than he let on to start the season. It's just a lot of these pieces are just you know, didn't quite fit together anymore. And, and you know, Kyle and um, everybody on the coaching staff had to scramble to put the piece back together and it just didn't quite fit. That's why I, I felt like, because if we look back, especially at the, you know, week three, which, was that the Packers game? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Or was yeah. that the Cardinals? Packers game? No, no, it was Packers, Packers week three. Packers week three. We only lost by a field goal and we could have easily won that game if, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't Aaron Rodgers. And then and then the Cardinals games, Jimmy was, uh, you know, it could have gone better than what it did. But yeah, I think I just said it was a sinking feeling that we weren't totally in control at first. Um and then obviously we went through and five real fast. <laughs> um, and but yeah, we turn it around. The, Paul, do you agree or do you think it's totally like Lisa and it's really Kyle just trying to be too clever? I think you've both got great points. As per, I'm, I'm sat here nodding along, Nadji, because when I've been back and watched Mostar Raheem was a massive loss because, like mm. you said, that's how Kyle wanted to run the ball. He wanted to utilize his speed, and like Lee said, the whole. Is Jimmy the quarterback? Is Trey the quarterback? And you go and watch those first few games, the Lions game. Christ, we were lights out, thinking, oh, this is a blowout win, roller coaster season. What are you talking about? Then it ended up 41 33. said the Eagles game was a war of attrition. How we won that one, looking back, was just, that was a good game for the purists who like defensive football. It, there wasn't anything flashy. The Packers game, that Rodgers last drive, Nadji. Fred Warner is so close to stopping mm. that first ball. And like you yeah. said, we'd all seen that movie before. And Aaron Rodgers at the time thought he had the last laugh. Um, obviously, in <laughs> hindsight, I'm quite happy with the way our story of Aaron Rodgers ended. And then you go to the Seahawks, the Cardinals. And like Gareth said, the Colts game, I think that was the one where all of us were like, that was just terrible. In the, the weather, we were three and five think if you go back and listen to our show after that game we were pretty much like that's our season done and then mm. typical 49ers you know we bounce back against the Bears then Colt McCoy rolls in like Tom Brady and then the Rams <laughs> it just the Rams being Super Bowl champions makes you realise how special that performance was in November when we absolutely turned them over so it's a strange one because Lee has been quite consistent with saying he liked Shanahan 
but as a head coach, he needs to grow. And I think those first nine games, you go back and you look at some of the play calling, you look at some of the decisions, and that's why I'm a little bit excited that Anthony Lynn's come in. We've been saying someone with a bit more experience to maybe stand beside Kyle and sometimes tell him you might have got that wrong or you might want to try this because Lee has been saying it for, it feels like a couple of years now that you know he's on board with Shanahan, but some of the decision-making and those first nine games was just set the tone, didn't it, gentlemen, for <laughs> the game day thread and the roller coaster and our blood yeah. pressures. Hence, Lee ending up in a blue light at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lee. Yeah. What did you make of it, Gareth? Yeah, I think it's Shanahan's got to accept some some of the blame for the for the mess and and the. Uh, the the way our offense just couldn't get any any sort of with them, but I think we'll we'll move on to that with with some of the bits in the in the second half. But what impressed me, I guess, is that he'd accept he accepted that he realised that the problem. Looking around for the solution, he's like, oh, it's me, isn't it? Oh, I've got to fix this. So I think the the injuries as well. Obviously, losing Moster and Verrett. Verrett was always a risk. Uh, we know how well he did in a, in an injury ravaged 2020 season and then to lose him in the first game and lose Mostert I mean Mostert got carried the ball twice in in the season Uh, and and we also lost McGlinchey and Kinlaw by about the middle of the season as well so that's four starters and three of those guys were first round picks so a lot of teams wouldn't be able to cope with that perhaps as as well as 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 we did but I think my, my overriding memory I think is just frustration why aren't we better? The individual pieces, Kittle, Debo, they're there. Why Why isn't there any gelling in this performance? Why can't we seem to put it all together? Um, and that, that was what I found particularly frustrating about the, the beginning part of the season. Um, and you know how short the season is. A few games get away from you and suddenly you're really on the back foot. Um, and that, I guess, leads us nicely into talking about the uh, the second half of the season which, uh, as Paul has said, started with a Week 10 matchup at Levi's versus the LA Rams, and a dominant performance sparked a strong run to finish the season. Our second half of the season record was 7-2 and two, and finished overall 10-7. and seven. So, where did it all start to go right? So, I think this is going to be answered by taking a combination of the opposite of what both me and Naji said at the, uh, why the, 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 first start, uh, the first part was so bad. So, Shanahan realised he couldn't call players that he was calling with the two quarterbacks uh, system. So he binned that off. We then had rookies who started to step up, the likes of Elijah Mitchell. Um, Ambry Thomas started to come on towards the back end of the season. We had uh, Talanoa Hafanga. He was playing really well. And then other parts started to come back. We, we got Emmanuel Mosley back. He, he was playing well from the off, which was kind of surprised us all um, because when he came back we, we all thought he was going to take a couple of games to get up uh, game speed but he seemed to be doing well for some reason Jimmy kind of kicked into another gear towards the end of the season and he started playing more consistently that could have been the play calling from Shanahan because we seemed overall to be more fluid on offence um, and then the defence the, the defence was great um, Alshier played absolutely fantastic all season long um, so that's another player who who kind of stepped up when the likes of Fred Warner was out. Obviously, we missed uh, Drake Greenlaw for a huge part of the season. He didn't come back until the end. Um, so it was important that the, the pieces round the, the first stringers all stepped up when they were called on 
to to basically take over. Um, DJ Jones, DJ Jones taking over from Yvonne Kinlaw, and Yvonne Kinlaw went out. DJ Jones has had an absolutely excellent season. He, he needs to be re-signed, but obviously mm. we've only got a finite uh, amount of cap space, so it's going to be difficult. But to, to me, it was a combination of Shanahan realised what he was doing wrong and corrected that, so that showed the growth that Paul was talking about. He is growing as a head coach. Just because he's been a head coach for five seasons doesn't mean you can't stop growing. In fact, you need to continually grow to, to be that good at, at the position you have, um, and just yeah, the the, the players round um, round the starters stepped up and started to play a lot better as well. Yeah, I think you've you've left out one big name, uh, some one guy that just started bowling and got on fire and had a really good start of the season, but wasn't featured as much. And I think Kyle and and the coaching staff realised that. We needed to give him the ball as much as we could, and that's Debo. And then Debo just kind of took took on the team on his shoulder and carried us to um, where we ended. I think, he, you know. And then obviously that was helped by Mitchell being a little bit more ready and then clearly good at understanding the the system and 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 working in within it. And Jimmy making a lot, a lot less mistakes. Um, I, I still won't say that he, he was an, in another gear. I think it was just. You know, mystic free Jimmy rather than throwing random balls of of throwing ball Jimmy, um, which is you know what we always need him to be. Um, and then yeah, you know George Kittle being a little bit more featured as well, and yeah, as you say, Ambry Thomas and Ofanga, and and I think Fred Warner finding it. Fred Warner definitely found another gear through the middle of the season when he realised. It didn't need to do as much uh, with Arshayil playing better, um, and then putting Armstead back in the middle. I think that really is what kickstarted our defense playing the way they did. Um, and you know, Bosa it kind of unleashed Bosa and Armstead and Jones and Ebukam started going as well. Um, I think just as you say, Gareth, you, you start playing. You know, you lose a few games in a row and you're on the back foot. But if you win a few in a row. Um, and, you know, winning against the Rams, the way we did. And then we went Jaguars, which was obviously a fairly easy game. And then really good games against the Vikings. I think that just kind of like put a mentality in the team where we're like, right, we, we can actually win games. All we have to do is, you know, stop the mistakes, um, which obviously didn't happen that week after against the, the Seahawks. But um, there's a, you know, learning how to win is also a big part of of being a football team altogether, and it's it, it's down to the coaches, the you know training staff, and the players. It's a process. It doesn't just start. You 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 know it's finishing game, starting game the right way, and all that. It's 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 a whole culture and kind of religion. It, it's just very difficult to get to. Um, but yeah, to me, I think it's it's down to Debo and Kyle realizing that when you give him the ball. A good thing happens, uh, and we started doing that more and more. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think I think we found our identity, Gareth. Like Nadji said, there. I think if you go back and listen to all the shows, everything Nadji said, we're all agreeing with. Armstead moving inside was massive. Ryan's finding his fit, his scheme. You know, we were getting after the quarterback more. Debo Samuel, like we did on the last show, Gareth. When I was trying to pick out my player of the year and my notepad was Debo, Debo, 
Debo touchdown, Debo run, Debo this, and you think Kyle just put the ball in his hand, whether he was wide receiver, whether he was running back, whether Debo mm. was throwing touchdown passes. Mm. Like Nadji said there, it was like that Rams game. Nadji talks a lot on this show about the momentum and when you play football. And I think none of us underestimated when we smashed the Rams 31 to 10, the performance, we just carried it on. Like Nadji said, a week late, the Jags, I think that was the easiest 49er game we've had in a couple of years. There was no way we were losing that game and we couldn't understand, is this a Sunday night? There's no heart attack. Then the Vikings game, the Bristol meet-up, you know, again, I had a chuckle preparing for tonight and you look at the photos and, you know, that game had a bit of everything for everyone and even though we got beat by the Seahawks a week after Gareth, that back end of the season, I think the players had that belief and, you know, Jimmy G was Jimmy G. I don't want to go too down the rabbit hole like other shows have done in the last couple of weeks. We all know his limitations and whatnot, but let's face it, we weren't too far away. It's just, like you said, I think you said it, Gareth, frustration. You've come to, to, to now, tonight, and you're thinking, oh, we were so close to getting the Super Bowl. And then you look back at the Super Bowl game and you think, oh, we could have won that. And we weren't too far away. But I think Kyle needs a lot of credit. As much as we've said there, the first nine games of the season was on Kyle. The last nine games of the season, Kyle put his game plan in place, didn't shift from it, put his pieces out there, and we had some fantastic moments. What about yourself? What, what do you think was the difference? I think, yeah, that it fundamentally starts with, with the coaches digging the team out of that hole. Partly the coaches have maybe done that themselves, but... You've got to turn that team around. You've got to keep the morale up. Um, it's something that's been a been a feature of of the rough seasons we've had under Shanahan. That the team just seems to pull together even more, and it's it's that culture that uh, Shanahan and, and Lynch seem to have created uh, that gets you through things like this. You've seen other teams start poorly with some of the superstar players who suddenly start thinking, mm, maybe I should go somewhere else or start pointing fingers or, or start saying cryptic things on Twitter. Uh, and you don't see any of that from, from our team. They, they seem to just go, OK, we're in a bit of a hole. It just means we've got to work harder to get out of it. And I think along along with the coaches and, and along with D'Amico Ryan's growing into his role, certainly I think the, the changes and the um, the players on the defensive line like Ebukam and Arden Key who were sort of promised to deliver so much and were absolutely anonymous in the first half of the season, suddenly started to get into their rhythm. Uh, we saw Ayuk get out of the house uh, and start to make important catches in every game, 60 yards, 80 yards here and there. Uh, we saw um, uh, Juwan Jennings start to get uh, a little bit of the uh, action as well. Uh, and as you've said, Mitchell, we seem to s- suddenly be able to make those pieces that are good on their own start to, to gel together. Uh, and suddenly we started to see those performances come through uh, in terms of the final score in games. Um, one thing that, that always bothered me throughout the season is we were still never able to put together three or even four good quarters in a game. We always yeah. seem to have that kind of, uh, we go in, like we went in behind, I think, against the um, uh, Bears and then turn it around in the second half. And and there was a few performances like that where we'd have a really good quarter and then just be awful again. And I think yeah. that inconsistency, there was always me thinking that's going to catch us out one game against a better team. 
um, you know, and potentially that did uh, in the end. But we made it to the playoffs and the playoffs led us to road wins against the Cowboys uh, and a very chilly road win against the Packers, only to fall agonizingly short, shall we say, in the NFC Championship game against the Rams. So the the playoff games, what did what did we learn and what value were they? I think we ground out results rather than went in and beat teams by yeah. using great offense. We, we we showed a lot of resilience. Um, I think what the playoffs did show us is that we, we can't rely on the quarterback position at, at the moment to, to win us the games. Um, Debo, Debo was Debo, Debo was absolutely excellent. Um, th- there's a good argument to be uh, made that Debo and the defense won us the games in the playoffs. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, it was a, it was an underwhelming NFC Championship game, but we weren't really beaten. We, we kind of yeah. beat ourselves somewhat. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, the the for me, <laughs> I'm biased here, but I think the best team lost in the NFC Championship game. Uh, no, definitely. I agree. Yeah. I agree, but also I think there's a case to be made that maybe not the best team won against against the Cowboys and, and against the Packers. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a combination of, you know, the season being longer and um, having all these games stacking up and then eventually, you know, um, in terms of um, probability, it's hard to win games that way. So, you know, winning three in a row and, and potentially four with the Super Bowl. The way we were playing, as you said, Gareth, not being able to, you know, put a, a full game together. Um, it, you know, it's very difficult to, to win games like that in the NFL. So you you go one against the Cowboys and it takes, a you know, a little bit of a goofy ending for you to, you know, at least not go to the to overtime and then and then the the Packers game was what it was you know it was freezing cold and kind of the defense took over and um it was a bit, a bit of a weird game there and then obviously I think it caught us up in in an NFC championship where yeah if we can put a full game together there I think we win fairly easily um but as you said Lee it's very hard to do that without a quarterback that a is an injured um, needs surgery and has a thumb that's barely hanging um, and they're just mistake prone anyway there's a start out there that is is the highest QB this year and last year I think or the year before to throw um, you know what, what do they call it um, turnover worthy throws they call it is is way ahead and shoulder above anybody else um, and that's plays that actually get turnover or you know, the DB drops it or it's, you know, a lucky tip or something. But um, yeah, ultimately, you know, when you come down to to the last four, um, you have to be the best and uh, we won. So, um, but, but, you know, also, I think, and we said it all season, um, especially when we're three and five, if we make the playoff, I think it'll be a, a successful season and making it to the NFC Championship, um, I think is definitely very good, especially when you know we've we've got young players. Um, you know, Fred Warner is, is, is second in four years, and Bossa is his second. Uh, you know, it, it, that that's all experience under them belt. So when you do go back, you don't have quite as much nerves or, or anything. So, um, so I think that's how I see it. Ultimately, um, even though I would have you know rather been beaten by somebody else than the Rams, I think. 
um, it is what it is. <laughs> the thing is, Lee, you said that you're biased. We're all biased in this show, mate. <laughs> My friend who's a Packers fan still hasn't forgiven me for pointing out that as much as our offense didn't fire that night, Nadji and Lambeau, neither did theirs. And that, mm-hmm. for me, was just a fitting end to Rodgers against us. Um, <laughs> like you said, the Rams game had it all. You know, we had to win to get in. We went to overtime. Yeah. We went to Dallas. Um, again, we weren't great in that game, but we won. And I allowed myself to kind of get carried away after that Green yeah. Bay game. Um, for me, Gareth, the NFC Championship game was a, a bit of a blur because that was the morning that I ruptured my Achilles. So I spent the morning in A&E. Um, Lee, again, just want to say thanks on that afternoon. Lee lifted my spirits a little bit. We had a Skype call. And then watching the NFC Championship game, as much as Neil Watson's going to curse me, it showed why we're moving on from Jimmy. Now, I've been one of Jimmy's biggest fans. And like you said, Nadji, that was his chance. You know, two-minute drive, ball in your hands. Can you do it? Can you put the team on your back? And I just thought it was a bit of a sad end to Jimmy's career that, like you said, he flung the ball away and they ran it in. And you kind of thought, right, we need to move on now because we spent, if you go back and listen to the tapes and to our pods, all year we've been saying, you know, throws from Jimmy. We've praised him when he's been good and we've given the critique. And I think now all of us are ready to see what Kyle can do with, with Trey Lance. And like you said, Gareth, three and five, most people were saying the season was done. Um, yeah. For those people who listen to other podcasts, it's the Sprint Right Option podcast with Jason Aponte. He's now an accredited member of the media. He's in the Combine this week asking John Lynch questions. And, you know, he's rose from being a podcaster, like us, for want of a better word. He was saying the season was done. Three and five, the season's done. And he's come out and held his hands up. And, you know, we were a play away or a drive away from getting to the Super Bowl. So when you dust it down and you take the emotion out of it, we haven't had a bad season. I mean, my friend who is the Packers fan left me with a good quote. This time of the year, 31 teams are unhappy that I would have played in the season. There's only one fan base that's happy, and, and that's the Rams. And like you said, Lee, it kind of it stung a little bit in Newcastle watching the Rams win. And it was a bit of a strange end to our season, you know, the most attended meetup we've had, and we were all in our jerseys. And there was that feeling, Gareth, of ah, it could have been us. Yeah. But. You know, when you look at the season on a whole and, you know, Nadji said there, Fred Warner, Debo Samuel, Borsa. Let's face it, we're not losing a lot of those core players. If anything, I'm excited for the draft, for the free agency. And no doubt when we do the preview show ahead of the season again, Lee will go for another 20 you know, win. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, you're not wrong there. <laughs> yeah, I think it was... Obviously, a disappointing end to the season, and and we were all, I think, on on that hype train through through the playoffs, and and certainly beating Dallas, and you're thinking, right, we we can have the Packers, we we can do it, but it just it catches up with you. Jimmy was clearly injured, and it's always yeah. worrying his his injuries, and I think probably a lot of us had been thinking that with with Jimmy having the starter, what if Jimmy does go out or or need to miss games? right at the end of the season and suddenly you've got to try and throw Trey Lance into those games and I think potentially in, in other situations maybe uh, uh, someone with, with Jimmy's injuries would have been potentially rested for those games and I think it just 
it just caught up with us at the end. And I think it was it was a sad end uh, uh, for sort of Jimmy's last last play. But yeah, let's let's look forward to the uh, uh, 2022 season, perhaps in a in a podcast coming soon. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's uh, let's look back in the ancient mists of time, which is September 2021. We all made <laughs> very bold predictions recorded for posterity on this podcast. Uh, I've got a record of them all here, so I'm going to select a few. Uh, if you recognise it, I'll, uh, I'll give you gentlemen a chance to explain yourself. So uh, here's uh, Trey Sermon will be the new Mostert by the end of the season. Yeah, so I'll blame Nadji for that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll blame Nadji. Yeah. So that, that was my prediction, but I'll blame Nadji because Nadji talked Trey Sermon up. As soon as we took him in the draft, he was telling us how good he was. So yeah. I, I was quite confident after I went and had a look at some of his highlights. I was quite confident that um, Trey Sermon would take over from Mostert. Obviously, that didn't happen. His um, progression uh, was stunted somewhat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he struggled adjusting to NFL speed and the work ethics and all that. And, um, but, uh, you know, second year, he might, he might take over, we'll say. I, used, you know, mm. I, I think he played well when he did play. Um, and he was kind of thrown in. Because that was a, it was a Cardinals game, wasn't it, um, where he started. So maybe just too soon and he couldn't quite recover from the mistakes or, or, or whatever. But obviously, and having Mitchell kind of taking off next to you, uh, it's it, not easy to take on as a player. But let's see what I, you know, I don't just draft pick until you know, two, two, three years uh, down the line, see what, see if it was good or bad. So let's wait, let's wait and see. Absolutely. Uh, another one here. The Green Bay, Seattle and Cardinals three game stretch will see us shoot up the power rankings. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to blame Nadji. No, I'm only joking. Nadji, that, that, <laughs> no, you that, can that. do. You go for it. <laughs> I mean, you go back and look at the games. We should have beat the Packers. Seattle. Oh, yeah, Seattle. They always mm-hmm. blum and beat us. And, but we should have beat them. And the Cardinals, blum and Colt McCoy turned into Tom Brady in his prime, didn't he? So, yeah. yeah. I'll take the custard pie for that one, Gareth. Totally got that one wrong. Yeah. There was a, a, a very complex explanation behind this one, but but the Vikings game will be on Sky. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so, you know what? I, th- I thought that was quite a good prediction based off the reasoning behind that prediction. Obviously, it didn't <laughs> happen. And, and Neely caused an issue with the uh, the meetup down in Bristol. Luckily yeah. enough, our hero, Jay Peplo, turned up and saved the day and got the uh, the game on live using Fox Sports 1 and uh, his silver tongue talking to the, the bar manager. <laughs> we did we did try with a very inspirational tweet campaign, Gareth, but for some reason at that stage, the Twitter account wasn't as active. So I think that's when Lee handed it over and said, you can annoy everyone with it now, Paul. And I, I did try, Lee. I did bombard Sky Sports and yeah. uh, Neil Reynolds with tweets. But like you said, Mr. Peplow saved the day and it was another fantastic meet-up in the books. Our uh, group of season predictions here, uh, myself and Nadji at 14 and 3, uh, yep. Paul at a slightly closer 13 and 4, uh, and Lee at 17 and 0. So I think Paul wins that one for being <laughs> close I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll have to put my hands up to our five and one division record sweeping the Rams and Hawks. Though I was half right. We swept. You were at least. 
So yeah, and and we we should have really we should have beaten Seattle twice. That, that was probably our worst two losses of the season. And I did Maybe. say we'd finish top of the division, Gareth. So I'll I'll join you in that one because I think if you were right, I'd have been right. So I think that went hand in hand, mate. Uh, one one of the best ones, the Rams won't be good. Too many defensive players <laughs> and a defensive coordinator have left. You can't run a defense on just Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Well, I mean, I was, yeah, I was pretty wrong there. But we did beat them twice in the um, yeah. in the regular season and Donald and Ramsey didn't do anything. Um, also, Ramsey did look pretty stupid in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I just thought they would implode. I just um, and I, I think if they hadn't signed OBJ and Von Miller, they might have had. Um, but uh, we'll never know. We'll never know. I'll defend you on that one, Nadji. You're right. We beat them twice in the regular season, and as 49ers fans, the only time we tend to see the Rams is when we play them, and our yeah. record up until the NFC Championship game. So I'll defend you, mate. I can see where you were coming from with that. But <laughs> to be fair, of all, I thought your um, Robbie Gold prediction last year would have been hard to talk. But... <laughs> this, one, uh, this one takes the cake, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, uh, another one I'll put my hands up to. Uh, Niners will lead the league in sacks. Uh, a couple of related ones there with Bosa will lead the lead in sacks. It wasn't far off. It wasn't far off. And Javon Kinlaw will have 12-plus sacks. Yeah, that one's rough. Yeah, he'd, he'd have gotten 12-plus sacks had he been uh, fit. <clears throat> I don't know. No, he wouldn't know. have. He wouldn't have. No. no. Bosa no <laughs> didn't break the record in the playoffs, though, Gareth, uh, the 49ers' most sacks. I know yep. it wasn't in the league, but clutching at straws, he did have a decent That's season. Away. <laughs> I think I think we need we we need it between us because uh, we we didn't get very many hits between a lot of us. So uh, yeah. uh, no team will score more than twenty one points against us all season. That yeah, was yeah, I was drunk. Fair <laughs> Fair uh, one of mine. We will shut out a team this season. Mm, didn't work. Um, but I did say we would hold teams to two scores or less in three games, and that was a hit. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. mean, these are hard to hit. So. Well done. Mm. We will be the last team in the league to allow a passing touchdown. Yeah, that went south, didn't it? I mean, look, uh, to be fair, we did lose JV pretty much straight away, which didn't help. Uh, first game, wasn't it? <laughs> first game, second quarter or something, first quarter. Oops. And along with we, that, I have a lot of confidence in our secondary. I mean, I do. I still do. I, you know, again. Um, you, you do realise the secondary includes Jimmy Watt. No, I do not have any confidence of it. No, no, no. Let, let's not backtrack here, Naji. You've said it. it. It's down on paper now. You had a lot of confidence in our secondary. With, with Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley, yeah, absolutely. To be fair, Lee, I was going to give Naji a night off tonight. And when Gareth said what was the turning point in the season, I was dying to say the Jimmy Ward game against the Rams <laughs> when he did the pick six. But I thought, poor Naji, I haven't spoke to, the, to him for a couple of weeks. And here you are, <laughs> reminding him that he's got every confidence in Jimmy Ward. Uh, do not, do not. Uh, he needs to go. Save, save $9 million. Come on. Kyle Shanahan will win Coach of the Year. Uh, you could, uh, you could have. I think, I think if we make it to who got it, Vrabel. Um, yeah, Vrabel got it. Um, I think if we make it to the Super Bowl, he might do. 
that's uh, uh, overshadowed slightly by the next one, Jimmy G, league MVP. Well, he was sort of. He, he was Neil Watson's league MVP. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I don't actually know. I think this one was right. Matt Stafford will throw more than 10 picks. Don't quite oh, know what the Rams won in there, but, you know, it's a win, isn't it? We've got another did. one right as well. Trey Lance won't start a game this season if Jimmy's healthy. Yeah. Did you call that one, gentlemen? You know, come on, Gareth, yeah, that's nice a one. tick in the box. Sorry, I, I, yeah, I skipped that one. Yeah, uh, you threw 17 picks, Stafford, so that was that was pretty good, I think. Yeah, we did. He had that stretch in the middle where I think he was throwing two a game, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one, one of mine, Trey Lance to get a passing TD and a rushing TD before the bye week. Uh, I was very pleased with that one, um, and it's one very of the nice. that I, I actually got. But there we yeah. are. Uh, I thought Jimmy would throw a TD pass to Lance or, or Trey Lance to Jimmy, and that, that yeah. unfortunately, I'd love to have seen that. I oh, would have been great. It would have been a great trick player, definitely. Yeah. Uh, another big miss from me with all po- all pro Fred will get at least five interceptions and five sacks. Yeah, I think no. close. Yeah. No. Uh, Bosa to win Defensive Player of the Year. No. Yeah, I think. Um, well, he had a decent season, but the lad at the Steelers, what just was yeah, like, just that wasn't he? So, um, I just to be fair, there's a Steelers fan, Freddie, who was active in some of the groups, and I was trying to have a bit of banter with him, and he just. Was I was like, yeah, I can't even got that hard to see it through. Nick Bosa played well, but unfortunately, it's again. I, I think we're gonna say until he does it. He needs he needs that one game where he takes over. You know, like JJ Watt does or Aaron Donald does. He, he just never really does. He just he's solid all the time, and he'll get two and a half sack. But he doesn't have that performance where he's like, you know, get a free sack and a fumble recovery, and you know. A big, big, big game. He, just he should have won. Um, he should have won the next one, though, shouldn't he? Go if the next one should have been right. Yeah, both to win comeback player of the year. Well, I mean, who got it? Lee, Joe Burrows. Oh, Joe Burrows. Yeah. No, I, I didn't get comeback player of the year. <laughs> yeah, Lee. <laughs> uh, one of mine, Kittle, Moster, and Ayuk all get a thousand yard season. Well, other than Moster, Kittle and Ayuk weren't weren't that far off. Yeah. Uh, Trey Sermon to have a thousand yard season. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm blaming you. I'm blaming you, Nadji. I, I did like I listened to you. Nah, it's we, we all have high hopes for him. You you, you know you, you you move up to the third round to pick a running back. You think oh he's gonna. Yeah. You watch the highlight tape and he just. This is the danger with the draft. You know yeah. Mitchell's six round pick lights out when he got found his feet in the league. But yeah, I don't even know what did he get for the season. Trey Sermon it was. It was low, wasn't, wasn't it? Wasn't that much, yeah, no. Um, Trey Sermon to get more yards than Raheem Mostert. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> did get that. Uh, Kittle will have 1,700 plus yards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, no, nowhere near. 1,200 plus yards. Yeah, if he wasn't in the doghouse at the start of the season, I you might have broke that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think you might have broke that as well. I what think did that, you get? What did he get total? 890, something like that. I, I thought it was just under 900. Yeah, maybe a bit closer. It's on the yeah. on the stats I put on the chat earlier. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm looking for it. I can't, can't find him now. Finally, I don't know if this one was actually uh, uh, right or wrong, but Nagy's last one, Debo to lead the league in breaking tackles. I think it did. I'm not, seen, uh, not sure I've seen that stat. 
but out of 45 predictions, we managed collectively to get seven right. So that's pretty good. It, it, you know how, how difficult it is, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, and let's face it, we are four fans. We love the game. We love the sport. We do this in our free time and we all get together and I don't think that was bad. And we could have had a few more if things went on our way, Gareth. You know, remember we did make these in September before the injuries and stuff. So, well, it'll give us a. We've got a few months now to uh, think about some uh, predictions for the 2022 season. To, to be fair, we got eight right because I kind of got one right. We won't rest starters against the Rams week 18. Yeah, I, and I, I, I don't need. I don't need to finish the rest of that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, well, we'll call it eight then. Maybe my uh, my maths has uh, has let me down as much as my predictions have. So, so there we are. Twenty twenty one season is done. Uh, anything to say before I wrap it up, gentlemen? Well, we had our first successful competition run on the pod. Mm-hmm. So Martin Hughes received the hat. He's put a lovely post on with him, spotting the hat. So thank you for everyone who participated. Um, Hopefully we may run something again next season because I thought it brought a, a nice touch. And um, just wanted to say thank you to you three for sharing the experience in the season with me. You know, we, we sit at home and we watch all these games and we have a whole game day thread, but it's always nice to touch base and talk football. And it's lovely to see our pod grown because, believe mm-hmm. it or not, it, it is. We haven't been on for a couple of weeks. I, I've had messages to the Twitter account, to me personally, saying, are oh, you lads finished for the season now? I do another pod. I didn't feel it was my place, Lee, to tell people about your news, but obviously you you broke that at the start of the sea at the start of the show, so that explains well, well, a little bit about of, me being in hospital. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. again, you know, I didn't want to be the one shouting it out from the rooftops, want of a better word, but and like you said, sometimes a couple of week break. I've been listening to the other shows. It's just a lot of J- Jimmy and Trey talk, and yeah. but I just wanted to say thank you guys, and I'm looking forward to next mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a great season. I think you know, especially 2019 was obviously all amazing and also in the Super Bowl and I mean, didn't end the way we wanted, but it was a great season. We were playing amazing, undefeated for 13 games and all that. And then 2020 was such a letdown, and you know, the COVID year and with so many injuries and all that. And then this year, I think it was just super entertaining. You know, if you look back and it's very difficult to go through these roller coasters and up and down as a fan if you care, you know. Um, but you know, when you look back, it's just it's football. It's fun, and we're not playing. It doesn't really impact our lives whether we win, we lose, or, or not, apart from the mood. And yeah, as you say, Paul, I think it's great to be able to enjoy the experience of the Niners and then come on here and talk about it and. And having kind of a bit of recognition from people and, you know, the pod's audience is growing. We, we're better number every year. And it's kind of, you know, I mean, we're doing it because we're fans and we're enjoying it. But, it, you know, it's nice that people go, where's the pod? Where's the pod? It just it makes us feel great. Um, and, yeah, as you said, thanks to obviously thanks to Lee for putting that much work, mm-hmm. editing, recording and all that. Uh, you know, thanks to Gareth for hosting because I think you're doing an amazing job at that. Um, and then thanks for Paul for promoting because without that, it doesn't. We don't get more people. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's just it's just fun. It's great to be there and be part of this. So thanks to you for you. Thanks to people listening. That's great. Yeah, I think uh, what you want you to say, say, Lee, as well. The group community is growing, 
And when you step outside of the 49er bubble, like at the meet-up Gareth, we had Rams, Bears, Vikings. None of them have what we have with our group. Mm. Uh, I have a Titans fan who said the Titans group is just nasty. They just shout at each other and it doesn't bother. I have those fans listen to our show. And yes, we're biased to the 49ers. To come into the meet-up, our game day thread, I mean, towards the end of the season, with two and a half thousand comments. And I know the game day thread's not for everyone. But when I reflect, when I first started watching the sport, sometimes you do think you're sat at home on your own. And if you listen to the pod or you jump on the game day thread, and like you said, Nadji, the work leap that's behind the scenes. And even this year, mixing it up, Gareth has really grown into the role of host. Um, I was still nervous, Gareth, doing my first couple. <laughs> I had a script the first time and I did not budge from that script. I think Lee commented it was my work posh voice, but... Like I said, (laughs) but that's because, Lee, when you've done it and I've come on the show with you, you had it effortless, you know, welcome to the show. And I thought, right, I've got to keep it like that. But to see us all have a turn at hosting and, you know, the chemistry between the four of us and people seem to be liking it. If people want to give any more feedback, I think it's always well appreciated. And I'm sure we'll be doing some stuff during the draft season. Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, without sure. a shadow of a doubt. I mean, we, we probably looking to have another show within the next two weeks because we got we got the new league year starting. I think yeah, it's March. The, is it March yeah. the sixteenth this two year? Sixteenth, yeah. yeah, this year. Yeah. Tam- tampering starts on the fourteenth, so we news will start to drop yeah. around there. I'm guessing. So, yeah, so we'll we'll be back within the fortnight. Um, maybe it's before. We don't know. Let, let, let's see mm-hmm. if any news pops up about um, Jimmy yeah. or, or, or Tom Brady. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't got yeah. five first-round picks, Lee. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what Arian says. Yeah. So far, <laughs> oh, well, I've got to say, I've got to say, I'm really disappointed with PFF uh, mock simulator this year. Oh dear. It's, it's not doing the grading. Oh, doesn't it? Yeah, the that's grading doesn't seem to work. Um, I mean, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's kind of nice to see that A plus come up at the end. But um, they've done it a lot better this year. So when you do your trades. It'll give you, it gives you an indicator whether or not the trade will, is going to be accepted. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you can't get away with doing like really daft trades anymore. Um, <laughs> it's, it's more realistic. So they're the obviously using a, um, a trade calculator, a trade value calculator to, to do that. Um, but you can still make trades. And um, it, it's interesting because it gets you used to the, the players' names that are going to be roundabout our picks. Yeah. So you, you can have a good guess at uh, which way we're going to go with a pick. Um so it just makes it more interesting when it comes to the draft. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, lovely. I think it, you've summed it all up there. It's been an enjoyable season. Thanks thanks for all the work that Lee uh, and Paul have put in. And not forgetting Nagy took over with recording and the processing duties uh, when when Lee was on holiday, holiday or on IR yeah. or something. Yeah, so uh, it has been good. So thanks to everyone who does listen to the show uh yeah do stay with us over the coming weeks we're, we're not going to go away you're not going to get rid of us that easily we've got free agency we've got the draft uh, and and potentially any other little bits of news uh and before we know it it'll be pre-season uh and the the hype train will be stoking the engine uh and we'll be getting going for let's face it a super bowl winning season in 2020 yeah Absolutely. 20 more, baby <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe and yeah feel free to leave us some feedback somewhere twitter facebook or wherever you get your podcasts and you can find the youtube channel by searching for 49er faithful uk hope everyone's staying safe hope everyone is uh, enjoying perhaps 
seeing their family again now that the football season is over. So stay, stay safe and go Niners. Go, go Niners. Niners.